what's the hardest thing about being a fighter? That's a, that is a tough question, Eric. Um, you know, uh, my, my first instinct is to say that the training, yeah, <laughs> sure. uh, but, um, I would say you experience a level of disconnect with normal people. And I don't say normal people. I'm not trying to make self aggrandize myself sure. or any, or fighters in general, Yeah, but there is like a level of like, nobody really understands what it is that you do for a living. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they see, they see you get in the cage. They see you fight. They know that you fight. They see you with black eyes and broken noses and all this stuff. But I don't think it's easy for people to conceptualize exactly what goes into preparation for a fight and what exactly fighters have to go through on a daily basis. Like you're a person who commits acts of violence um, casually right. for fun with your friends, with people you care <laughs> about and you love. So hey, quick shout out to our primary sponsor for this episode. It is Peter Harrett. He's the author of The Rings of Hesseron, and here's an excerpt from his book. Check it out. The steadily intensifying rumble echoed through the river valley. Pierce stared in that direction, but the sound offered not a single clue to its source or the cause. Lauren, his wife, and their three children joined him on the high bank, all searching the murky sky as one. A mixture of wonder and dread of the unknown filled their hearts. As it neared the ground, the sound grew exponentially, roaring, snapping, popping, and shaking the bones of the small group of onlookers. Then the low-hanging clouds started glowing, radiating yellow light on the snow-covered grasslands. To the family, it seemed as if the sun was falling to earth. They watched in horror as a fireball broke through the glowing clouds and streaked to the ground. As it struck, the object threw up a frightening plume of earth and snow, followed by a deafening boom. The concussion wave that followed sent them reeling. Their world shook violently, and snow fell from the trees around them as they struggled for balance. Ian, you're an MMA fighter, purple belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Much, much more, man. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Eric. Yeah, I want to give a quick shout-out to MMA Tea Company for connecting you and I for this interview. They're such great guys and, and really excited to hear your story. I like to start my shows off by going back a bit, man. Where did you grow up, and what was childhood like for you? Uh, I've been bo- I was born and raised in, in Philadelphia. You know, I've, I've lived in uh, northeast Philadelphia, bordering on north Philadelphia uh, my entire life. Um, okay. Uh, working class background. This is a really typical story for a lot of fighters, but yeah, no, uh, my, my dad worked at a gas station when I was born. My mom was unemployed for the first few years of my, you know, when I was born, when I was a a baby. So, you know, I've, I've come up, um, I'm proud of coming up working class, you know what I mean? Um, and, uh, I try to carry that with me, you know, always, uh, I, I was in, uh, you know, just like my dad before me, I was in trades and things like that, you know what I mean? Um, and did, manual labor for most of my life so uh yeah I'm, I'm really proud of being from philadelphia which is such a prolific fight town yeah um as far as it goes here and you know that that sort of um humble upbringing i i i take a lot of pride in it i love that man it's awesome man it, it topology shows that you started fighting around 2018 is that correct now yeah i started fighting uh mixed martial arts around 20 i got my first uh my mixed martial arts debut was in 2018 for art of okay. War cage fighting before that um i had been i had competed in in muay thai for uh, a few years nice i my first fight was seven years ago so that was uh 2015 okay uh when i was um 
I guess, seven, 16, 17 years old. Uh, <laughs> and then I took a short break after uh, my first loss. I went through a, a long period with Muay Thai where I would do a full camp and I would uh, uh, prepare for these fights. I had about like 10 to 11 fight camps and only ended up having four Muay Thai fights. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the, 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 the Muay Thai scene in, in Philadelphia was not great, and a lot of the guys would pull out. You know, I had, I had fights where I had guys pull out the week of, the day of, you know what I mean? So it, it, uh, I took a short break from that, and then in 2018, I had um, my coach, Daniel Gracie, just out of the blue when I was coming into training one day, asked me if I wanted to take an MMA fight, and I said, you know, why not? Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man. I mean, it's so frustrating though, man, when I've just like, when fighters pull out of the fights and I'm not a fighter myself. So I, I like so much respect for you guys getting in the cage and going through the weight cup process and all that stuff, man. But mm. I can't imagine it's so frustrating, man. Just like if someone pulls out last minute, man, and you got to start over or not even fight at all, man. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much preparation that goes into this sort of thing. So it's just yeah. a little it, more than anything. It's like irritating. You know what I mean? Sure. When I look back on it, I'm not even angry or anything like that. It's just like, come on, man. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> you well, cut the way too like why not just fight i don't get it right <laughs> totally <laughs> what was that reaction from your friends and your family when you're like hey i want to go punch you know people in the face and get you know maybe get paid for it and you know get into a cage or do muay thai you know my friends are all teenage boys at the time so they okay. were all about it um yeah. my, my my mom absolutely hated the idea uh <laughs> she 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 every every fight you know now she's a little more comfortable because she yeah. knows she knows my skill set she knows my ability she knows i train with like the best team in the city yeah so she's a lot more comfortable and she's into the idea but she used to crush my dad's hand man she used to she, like pulverize those bones man it was crazy <laughs> he was so nervous that's um, awesome do they still yeah. come to your fights today of course yeah i yeah. always uh, i always make sure that they're they're provided for as far as tickets and things go oh um, that's awesome man yeah first thing i do when i get out of the cage is look for my mom oh always. sweet yeah, yeah. Super cool, man. I mean, your last fight was February 2020. It was against Patrick Brady, Art of War, heavyweight title. You guys like went to absolute war on the night. The judges ended up calling it a draw. Mm. I mean, what's going through your mind when they're reading off that decision? Honestly, when I finished the fight, so, so with a lot of my fights, especially the ones that people end up telling me were good fights, I don't remember what happened okay. afterwards. <laughs> like immediately afterwards, I'm like, oh shit, it's over. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and it's probably the fact that I got hit in the head so many times that night. Sure. Contributes to that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, no, immediately afterwards, when they called a draw, I was kind of convinced that I, I thought I had lost the fight. Okay. Um, initially, I was like, uh, and I don't know why I thought that, but it, it, that was my immediate reaction was, uh, but, you know, my coaches, when I went back to the corner, they were like, I think we did enough to win this one. I think we, I think we're good. And, you know, I, I mean, I wasn't upset with the decision at the time. Sure. Um, I, I take things it's my amateur career so i take things as it goes you know what i mean but yeah. it was just a good fight everybody enjoyed it so that's all that mattered to me yeah and now you're both fighting on 522 at art of war again your new opponent raiden keller undefeated two or three of his fights on the ground you've also have wins on the ground there i mean without giving the game plan away what's what how do you see this fight playing out man you know the the the, the really interesting thing about this is i you know, when all is said and done, I really have to thank Raiden Keller because yeah. he is definitely one of my toughest opponents coming into this. And yeah. uh, the guy really motivated me because you know how quarantine did everyone. This lockdown ruined totally. everybody's. I was out of shape. You know, I, I had gained 20, 30 pounds. 
Um, and as a heavyweight, you know, that means I weighed in 255, 257 for my last fight. That means I was up in the 280s, you know what I mean? Wow. But yeah. but I knew that when I got this fight announcement, when they offered this to me, that this was going to be a tough one. So my nutrition's been perfect. You know, I, I, I really got back into the process and fell back in love with a fight camp. And, uh, you know, without giving anything away, um, Raiden... I, I know we are we are well matched as far as our grappling abilities go, but I think I beat him on the stand up. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, in with Patrick fighting that same night, I assume if you guys both get wins, they're going to put you guys back together for a rematch there. Mm-hmm. Did they tell you why they didn't put you guys together this go round? Or I mean, what was your thoughts when you're like, dude, what? I, I don't get to like fight for the title again. Or was that what? frustrating at all? No, no. Actually, uh, Pat and I are friends. So. Oh, okay. We, gotcha. we know like we're not close super close or anything like that yeah. but you know we've trained together and you know we have a mutual friends and things like that so we're, we have a good relationship and uh, we both discussed it and you know we we wanted to to cut our teeth again before nice. we really put on a show you know what i mean which nothing is certain in the fight game but totally. you know i would rather be at my best um my best and most seasoned uh way to perform when we do the rematch because there's you know, as far as regionally, there's a lot of buzz around that rematch. So sure. I would want to be able to put on the best show that I can. Yeah. Oh, man, I love it, dude. I can't wait for that rematch. It's going to be so good, dude. Mm. Uh, how did you get the nickname The Hammer? Uh, so when I first was in Muay Thai, um, my coach, Nate Zignon, he's a local Muay Thai guy. Okay. Um, I guess that's kind of a shout out, too. I'll end up sharing this in tag in a minute, I guess. But yeah, uh, yeah. he used to call me Thor because I was, you know, uh, I guess the 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 big white guy in the gym. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. it, and I, uh, so, so um, after a while, I guess that's sort of, uh, he gave me the idea for the nickname and I first used it on my third Muay Thai fight. So okay. there's no, no great story about it or anything like that. <laughs> but, but that, you know, that, that was sort of uh, funny the way it came about, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have a goal date in mind of when you want to go pro as a fighter? Uh, well, you know, uh, like I said, nothing's certain in the fight game, but this, totally. next, this next fight goes well. We get the Pat Brady fight out the way. That goes well. Then definitely, I'll, you know, I've been training for t- a decade at this point. Um, right. I train with high-level guys all the time. It's mostly just getting that cage time that yeah. is that is so important to me right now because yep. even in mma like i mentioned before with muay thai and people dropping out and fights not coming through i had the same problem with mma it's just the way the fight game goes yep um so i mean as I, if i get enough cage time and i get these fights out of the way then i'd like to go pro right after i'd like Got to start it. making some money doing this stuff yeah absolutely what's the hardest thing about being a fighter <sighs> that's a that is a tough question eric um you know, uh, my, my first instinct is to say that the training, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, but, um, I would say you experience a level of disconnect with normal people. And I don't say normal people. I'm not trying to make self aggrandize myself sure. or, or fighters in general, Yeah, but there is like a level of like, nobody really understands what it is that you do for a living. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they see, they see you get in the cage. They see you fight. They know that you fight. They see you with black eyes and broken noses and all this stuff. But I don't think it's easy for people to conceptualize exactly what goes into preparation for a fight and what exactly fighters have to go through on a daily basis. Like you're a person who commits acts of violence um, casually right. for fun with your friends, with people you care <laughs> about and you love. So it's like, 
what exactly I, I don't blame people for not being able to necessarily understand that but at the same time it is it makes things difficult when you're relating to like like you 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 spend 10 years like i have spent 10 years training and fighting and then you know my friends from high school who i still have luckily i'm very thankful for them but yeah. you know i can't really explain to them exactly what this lifestyle is like and, right and <laughs> something i can't talk to them about you know yep uh, now, fighting at heavyweight, you talked about kind of gaining a bunch of weight during quarantine there. Like, what's that weight cut process look like for you? Do you cut much weight when you get into the cage? This is the first time I've really cut a lot of weight for heavyweight. Okay. Um, I got to say, like, uh, I, I'm not in the best shape of my life. That would probably be when I was like 195. But like okay. coming from 280, 290, wherever I was before that, um, you know, in this case, it was just, you know, caloric intake monitoring um sure. and then doing my normal training camp plus some extra work you know what i mean so yeah. so uh i train three four times a day six days a week and you know that's a lot but also like you really need to monitor that caloric intake or you're just gonna sit at the same weight yeah. so so as soon as i figured out my nutrients my macronutrients and, and really got everything together um the weight cut was actually really easy it just took time nice. um, i am probably 265 on the dot right now and i'm in better shape than i was at 257 or 250 for my last two fights nice man oh that's awesome dude yeah i wanted to uh, transition to some fun questions here if you watch my shows i've got this thing called pod deck essentially just random okay. questions man i'm gonna pull them out here and we'll see what happens and hopefully we don't get a flop card here we'll see what this one says here uh if you had to delete all but three apps from your smartphone which ones would you keep uh probably um my fitness pal which i use every day now totally. uh spotify and uh i don't know maybe messenger i use that all the time I'm, i i have no exciting apps i don't i'm not a social media guy either yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, that's awesome. Uh, always interesting question to ask but like who has hit you the hardest like in a fighter and training you've been in the game for 10 years like is there someone that just rocked you and you're like holy crap man that just nailed me i've i've only been dropped one time okay uh, ever in training and it was by sean brady uh, okay um sean brady i've known uh are, are you familiar he's a uh, i think he's number 11 well number 13 welterweight in the world right now okay with the ufc um yeah we came we came out of the same gym uh i've known him since i was like uh 14 years old uh and when i was getting ready for my first uh, muay thai fight our coaches would put us together and he threw a spinning back fist and it was the one time i like woke up on the floor <laughs> you know what i mean it was but other than that probably uh azuna and yan Wu was the other one who hit me hardest okay. i mean and that guy has a crazy right hand uh, yeah all of, his, all of his knockouts are with that crazy right hand <laughs> love that dude i'm such a music guy so i love to ask the question like what's the favorite type of music for you or do you have a favorite band that you like to listen to that's the one. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, I, a lot of people say this, but I'm, I'm pretty, pretty versatile as far as music goes. Yeah. Um, I will name drop the group Death Grips because they are, they, they do my walkout song. Oh, nice. Um, they're kind of like an industrial techno rap group. Um, uh, that I wouldn't call them like underground or anything. They kind of had a surge of pop popularity in the last few years, but, but they are. Uh, I'll name drop those guys. Sweet, man. Right on. Well, Ian, I also wanted to give you an opportunity just to give a shout out to coaches, teammates, sponsors, anything like that, man. The camera's all yours, bro. Uh, well, let me just say um, thank you to everyone. You know, I'm two weeks out from this fight. It's been one of the best fight camps of my life. I love all the guys down at uh, Marquez MMA slash EEFC MMA, John Marquez, Daniel Gracie, my head coach, Julio Rosario, um, my boxing coach, Sammy Sanchez. Last time when I did an interview with MMA Tico, I did not mention him, and he 
he uh he yelled at me about it so i gotta <laughs> mention him now sammy That's i awesome. love you brother um uh and thank you to all my sponsors and everything who have supported me for this camp i really do appreciate it um other than that there ain't much to say you know yeah oh ian such an honor to have you on my show man i'm excited to see you back in the cage and truly an honor to have you on man thank you so much for taking the time Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for watching the show today. I appreciate it. If you could, please leave a rating and review on our Apple podcast. The link is down below. That helps us get our message out, get the show out, helps us get ranked out there on the Apple podcast. Also, leave a comment below, man. I'd love to know what part of the show made the most impact on you. I respond to every comment on there. And please share this video, whether you're watching on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, please share it out. We want to make sure that we impact as many people as we can with the guests that come on my show and highlight those guests and what they've got going on and they're changing the world. So thank you so much for the time. So appreciate it. Have an awesome day.